0: Welcome to the Mama Truth Show. Where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Aylers, the wake-up call coach.
1: Hello mamas and happy Mama Truth Monday. It's Amy Aylers, the wake-up call coach here, and we're going to get down and dirty in the feminine today. I have a super special guest who's doing unbelievably badass things in the world. I was just telling her before we went live, I'm like, everything you're doing is so incredible. She is the founder of Emerging Women. They have an incredible event called Emerging Women Live coming up um, this weekend, actually, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we're going to talk more about that. Chantal Perrier. No, I said it wrong. Hold on. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers, the wake-up call coach here, and I have a special guest today that we're going to get down and dirty about the feminine and what that means in our lives as moms and as women. She is the founder of Emerging Women, and Emerging Women Live is coming up this weekend in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, but this is going live on Monday, so it'll be... okay. Yeah, this coming, um. yes. When we're recording, it's not this weekend, but by the time that we are... Oh, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Okay, let's start over. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach here, and I'm so excited for this edition of the Mama Truth Show. I have a very special guest today where we're going to get really down and dirty talking about the rising feminine, that feminine power that lies within you. And that lies within really every human being, not just women, every human being. We're going to talk about that as a mom and as a woman. She is the founder of Emerging Women, which has an incredible event going on this weekend in San Francisco called Emerging Women Live. We're going to talk about that definitely today as well. So I am so excited and delighted to, um, to welcome to the show Chantal Pirat of Emerging Women. Thank you so much, Chantal, for being here with us. Oh, Amy, thank
2: you so much for having me. It's such a delight. I love talking to the mamas. I know, right? Oh my goodness. So
1: good. It's so, I know. Good. so good. Okay, so let's talk about the feminine because I know that this is really what you are dedicated to, what Emerging Women is really about. Tell us a little bit about your personal journey because I know you have a really interesting past um, of going through so many different iterations and careers and really landing in this incredible space of emerging women. But I'd love to hear a little bit about your story.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, I was, when I graduated from college, I was a women's studies major and an English major, a double major. And I set out, I joined the Peace Corps to save the world and um, felt very called to that sort of lifestyle and then I found myself um, in uh, Boulder, Colorado, shortly after that, working for a medical devices company. And um, I was steeped in marketing. And, um, and there are some circumstances that led to that that, you know, we could get into, but we don't need to. But the <laughs> fact of the matter was, I, I was very happy there. I came alive. I um, really dedicated, and and I count that as like the early part of my career. Um, I dedicated myself to um, this product, which was a very scientific type pump that would go into OEM applications and semiconductor um, companies and um, pharmaceutical manufacturing and medical devices. Wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was so much fun to be talking about, you know, back pressure and microliter dispensing and, um, and all the technology around that. And, um, and just like be exposed to this world. And we were successful. I mean, I was um, head of marketing and sales, we had a 21 person sales team, all men. Um, and every time I was traveling in Europe, I was traveling all over the U S and every time I would present, I was the only woman in the room. I was the only woman and never once in four years at this company, I never once presented this piece of equipment to a woman. Um, and a lot of that is because people say medical devices, there's lots of women, but it was on the manufacturing side. Huh. So we were integrated on the manufacturing of kidney dialysis machines or, you know, um, chemicals or so, um, you know, and I was, uh, I was sort of okay with that. And I looked the other way when there was like in our company, I was also the only woman. So, um, and I looked away a lot at some behaviors. There was definitely what I call it unconscious bias. I would call it conscious bias, but that's okay. Wow. Um, and I was just so excited to be there and I felt like so earnest, Um, I went to get my MBA during this time and, um, what happened was, you know, two months before graduating with my MBA and having worked full time at this company, um, we hit a million dollars in sales and the CEO, um, you know, sat me down one day, I came to work and, and he informed me that they would be hiring, um, a few people above me and, um, and you know i on one hand i i got that um you know i was sort of like a learn on the job and they were hiring more experienced people but there was no conversation. There was no, um, you know, hey, we really appreciate what you've done. There was no, like, transition plan. Let's take what you've done and really groom you into a leader. I mean, it was just completely, you know, they would gotten a bunch of money from an investor and they turned it around. They hired, you know, the right people, um, which are people that looked like them. Um, wow. Men in their late 40s with, you know, background and in, in quote, tech or life sciences. And in that moment, when I was told all of my loyalty, all of the eagerness, all of the energy and the light that I brought to this position, all the enthusiasm, yearning for growth, all of that just like completely disappeared. And I realized that I, no matter how much I tried to assimilate, no matter how much I tried to fit in, that, in that environment, in that particular environment, with these particular people, I was not going to be accepted. Um, and I just I just lost everything. I just it was like a big sigh and um, and I realized how exhausted I was, right um, Oh my gosh, yeah, wearing the mask, trying to fit in, you know, laughing at the sexist jokes. Um, yelling in meetings which was the norm at the time um, at this company right they are yelling I'm yelling you know I right. can yell um, and I just realized that you know hey I'm graduating and I've gone so far off my path of meeting in terms of you know saving the world that I will not do that again. Yeah. And um I really wanted to find an opportunity where I could combine a level of self-awareness and consciousness and really be the truth of who I was with um you know my business talent and acumen. So the next phase of that journey was working for a publishing company called Sounds True.
1: Ah. Uh, right, yes. Sounds True. They're amazing.
2: <laughs> Such good material and content, uh, you know, from Eckhart Tolle, Carolyn Mace, Jack Kornfield, wow. Pema Chodron. It really changed my life. It changed my life being steeped in um, the world's wisdoms, the world's wisdom traditions, and um, mm. you know, waking up to my own inner wisdom. And I spent, you know, over a decade there, and um, was really, you know, on a path of self discovery. And on a path of career growth, so those two went hand in hand. And mm-hmm. what I discovered was that I have been compromising um, the truth of who I am, probably since I, you know, was three or two or three years old, and um, and more specifically, have very actively adopted uh, masculine traits and masculine mannerisms. Um, and a sense of drive and competitiveness that um, felt unhealthy mm. um, to me and exhausting. And I have been doing that basically my whole life in the name of needing to succeed um, at best, needing to survive at worst. Yeah. Um, and that all came out, you know, and, and I was leading in that way too when I got there. Um, I was leading, you know, with that. Energy and it got reflected back at me because here I am at this conscious company and that was like not okay Wow, <laughs> like swinging the sword <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, Yeah, and then I had kids, you know that also helped that softened me and I started to realize wow You know what am I doing even here? I can still feel like internally how um, much I've, I have been ruled by that energy and yeah. so. Yeah, and then I started to wake up uh, right when my youngest was about two and a half. Um, I was I was in a women's circle for a while, and I just really woke up to the fact that the people that inspire me the most, the leaders that inspire me the most, the people in my life that inspire me the most... Um, are the, are the women that were, you know, whether they were authors or speakers or my mentor at the time, it sounds true, Tammy Simon, or they were the women, my sisters in, in, in my circle. All of these women were starting to feel what I was feeling, which was this sort of energy of like, you know what, not going to compromise anymore. Mm. That doesn't feel right. You know, people getting divorced, people having babies on their own, people launching amazing books on desire and um, and women's empowerment. And that's what lit me up the most. And so that's sort of how I, I started talking to, um, to my boss about it. And she was like, you know, that is what I feel like your gift is that you, you feel like you make me be the best person that I can be. And, um, as a woman. And, uh, and so it just sort of all clicked in. I'm like, that's what I want to do. So, um, yeah, then we bought the domain name and, um, and we created a transition plan and I can talk more about that, but maybe
1: we should pause. That's how it started. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, what, what an incredible journey to literally be, I mean, it sounds like when you're describing working at that medical device company, that it's like 1965, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, I know it was so not 1965.
2: I left in 2002. So it was, wow. more. Recent. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that is so wild to me. Yeah. Strip clubs and everything
1: after a sales call, like real, you know, Wow, and you just better buck up and think it's fun and funny, right? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, incredible. So, oh my gosh, so I just feel like there are women, there are moms listening right now that may be in that position. You said something really interesting that I just want to highlight around that you felt like you weren't able to be true to your authentic self, the words that mm-hmm. I'll put on it since you were even two years old. That's Mm -hmm. like since that young, young, young age that there was that part of you that kind of left the building, so to speak, in Mm -hmm. order to perform, in order to achieve, in order to be the good girl or who people expected you to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, I just had chills when I said that because I know that there's women that feel like that right now that are Mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you have any like little sparkly breadcrumbs that you can give them to help lead them back to their authentic selves. Yeah.
2: Um in my particular case it just wasn't safe. Um Right. And um you know, I m- my dad was a complete narcissist. Mm. And it wasn't like a, it was more psychological abuse and so I learned how to be tough because yeah. that was rewarded and um and other other women learn how to be small. Right. Other women learn how to be quiet. Yeah. Other women learn how to be loud. So I don't want to like generalize everybody's survival. But the fact of the matter is, we betray the truth of who we are. Yes. And that that continues on, and we it becomes like a crutch, and it gets us through. I right. mean, it got me through to be able to be loud and to you know get out there and argue, and it got me through so much. Yeah. Um, until it didn't, and then it was like hitting a wall. Um, and I think that if we can, what happened with me is I pay, I was paying attention to how exhausted I was. Yes. It was exhausting to to keep that up. And I knew I was betraying myself. I knew it. And I, um, and it was like a feedback loop because then I would get approval from those in power. And then I would just be like, "Ah, ah, ah," you know, (laughs) throw me another bone, you know? And, and then I. then my sense of power became dependent on how many bones I was going to get for laughing at the, you know, at how silly I was or how, you know, whatever it was. Um, And the way I got through it honestly is surrounding myself with powerful women and sharing the stories that gets me through, that gets me through everything. And then it's a safe place where I can like actually be myself. Well, you know what? I do have a masculine streak. And that's okay, but it's, it's over here. It's not like the, it's not coming from a place of reaction or defense or out of fear. Now it's got a place in my psyche that's, you know, pretty healthy, but my feminine side, I mean, that's where my real power comes from. And, um, I would never have discovered that if it weren't in the, in the company and in the support of
1: my, um, soul sisters. Yeah. I know the tribe having that sisterhood is everything. Yeah. I just feel like it saves us over and over and over again. And I know that for you, like for you, when you say the feminine, what does that really mean? Will you define that for us? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And listen, I'm a work in progress. So. Oh boy. Um, Aren't we all? I know. <laughs> so um, I like, I'm sometimes when I'm talking about the feminines, like, you know, some of it's hugely embodied and some of it's like, I know the truth of what I'm saying, but I, there's some components like I'm waiting to embody. Yeah. Um, but you know, so the feminine to me is, is all about connection and it's all, it lives in the we space. So there are some like thoughts of, um, of how consciousness develops that goes um, from the I you know, this is like, okay, this is me, this is my ego, to like, oh, there's people out there, and, and you can, you know, understand that you're in a we space to, you know, the awareness that we're, all, we're all connected. So just from a spiritual and, a, and an evolutionary consciousness perspective, that progression, I think, is, makes sense to me. Um, and, and we see it kind of play out in societies where we have, definitely in Western culture, we have the I culture, um, especially in the United States, where um, we have gotten far on the I culture, and it's fabulous. We've you know built bridges, we've erected skyscrapers. We're like you know we've got efficiencies in in um, in you know systems and. Um, but the byproduct of that, or the result of that, is a system that is based on um, extreme competitiveness, alienation, um, drive, singular focus, um, and uh, and and the feminine. To me, you know, and and yet as a culture, we're moving into this we space um, where you can just see it in technology. It's the age of connectivity. It's um, you know, it's the age of platforms and networks, and Uber's a great example of this. Instead of having a product handed down to you, like, here's your car, here's, here, we've built you a car, and they serve it up, and you take it, and you go. Um, you give the money, it's not really quite an exchange. It's a, pro- it's a top down. Um, now, businesses are becoming more like a shared economy where there's two people on either side and they're exchanging and there's value. There's not one side holds more value than the other. So, this is an example of. I that. A
1: yeah. I just love that. I love that Uber example. Like, I've never thought of it in that context or framework before. That's beautiful. I should probably say Lyft because they're
2: more, you know, I, I like
1: I use Lyft and you know, whatever. I, I feel like to. they're not as well known. Ubers become a verb, you know? It's yeah, like, it is. Uber. It is a verb. Yeah. But but that's that's
2: a reflective of a, of us moving to not only connectivity and technology, but you know, connection in terms of the goods and services that we're we're wanting to buy and create. And it's also in marketing. I mean, look at social marketing. That's all connection-based marketing. Yeah. So this is this time of we right now. And in the space of we, um, there's a lot of subtlety. And if you want the competitive edge, it's not going to be the I, the alienation, the you know, stuff it down your throat approach, yeah. which has worked with advertisers in the past. It's going to be more delicate. And in this delicate realm of we, the superpowers are empathy, compassion. Other focus on other um, uh, connection, intuition, uh, energetic resonance between two people. Um, you know, those are the superpowers that help us in the age of we. And so that's when I say the feminine is rising. We're actually, you know, going into the age of we. We're going into a uh, a world where we're interdependent. And now that used to be like a scary word, mm. right? Interdependence used yeah. to be just dependence, you know, but interdependence is like, oh, I can never really be myself, or how am I gonna survive if I'm dependent on someone else? It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And those who can be comfortable in interdependence are gonna be the most resilient and the most they're gonna be the most successful because that's where we're going, whether we like it or not, that's <laughs> what's happening. So and that's that's the feminine. The feminine lives and thrives in the space of we. Then we can go to the all you know, I, we all, then we can go to the place where we're all connected, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to go to that place until we're equal in the I and the, and the we, and and until we're equal in the masculine and the feminine, then I'm ready to go to that place. And a lot of people, I see this in in terms of spirituality too, where people like want to skip men, especially they're like, Oh, we're all one, you know, or they, and I'm not saying all men do this, but there is a tendency in spirituality to be you know, like to, to skip the we place because it's not as exalted. It's not as, um, you know, higher level in consciousness, but I'm not interested in spending time in the all until we've raised the feminine on the planet. So that's, that's my take on the feminine.
1: Wow. Where, how does this show up for you as a mom?
2: Um, well, you know, you know, it's interesting, especially when, so when I, um, started emerging women as an entrepreneur, I mean, man, was I not relying on my feminine. <laughs> 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 um, we go through those phases, don't we? Yeah. I, it was <laughs> like a two year phase. It was a two and I would try it. I'd be like, okay, now I'm going to like, I'm going to work on trust. I'm going to work on surrender. I'm going to work on receptivity. And, but it was a, this was my training ground and I'm still in the middle of it. And, um, there would be times where my kids would be in front of me, and I just couldn't even see them because I was just all my output. I wasn't receiving, mm-hmm. and um, and so the feminine for me is about re- receiving and clearing and um, and feeling that you know in my body. Um, so that's one, just really kind of slowing down and being able to hear my kids, let alone see them, like see them. I couldn't even. See. They'd be in front, and I couldn't even see their faces. I'm like, wow all I could see was all this other stuff. And, um, and I, don't, I just don't want to live like that. I don't want to create a business off of that energy either.
1: No, I know. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I remember last year I was doing a, a launch of a course that I was, I was doing and I had outsourced a big part of the launch. And I was so excited because I was like, I just don't want to do these launches of things where my team, like where we're all exhausted all the time. Like this just doesn't work for me. It's not, it's not, I, I can't, I can't give the world tools for self-love and self-care and self-compassion at the expense of my own self-love and self-care and self-compassion, right? So I was so excited because I outsourced this team and then I started getting emails from them at two in the morning and they were burnt out and exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, this is mm-hmm. for the, like, this isn't working either. Mm-hmm. Thanks for getting made and all that. And I was like, what is it really going to take? Mm-hmm. To be able to create a world where it's not like we're just passing the buck of exhaustion over mm-hmm. to outsourcing it to someone in another country or to the person down the street or what have you. Like, where is it where we can actually be thriving in that we space, mm-hmm. as you're saying, so that none of us are in that space of burnout and exhaustion and running on fumes and not able to be present? When we have like one of the little faces of our babies in front of us mm-hmm. that is needing our attention,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Yeah.
2: One of the things that, how it's playing out in, um, at Emerging Women. Yeah, like, please. Well, I, you know, this whole like virtual work thing. Yeah. I mean, how fabulous is that? <laughs> you know, I keep thinking, okay, we're going to get an office, you know, cause there's eight of us. Right. And I'm like, there's no rush. There's no rush to get an office. Right. Because yeah. Then, going to the office. Um, and I think there's, you know, it's great t- to do that once in a while, but, but I think that, you know, this pressure of being present and being in our feminine also is, is creating a whole new approach to how we work together. Yes. Um, and is there a way that, for instance, does it have to be 50 out I mean, I know I'm a founder. I'm like, on 24 seven with emerging women. But yeah. you know, does it have to be 50 hours a week? Does it have to be 40 hours a week? What about a third? What about we hire everybody full time at 30 hours a week? Right. You know, so these are things that are coming up that I just feel like with a feminine model, the more and more women who are going to be um, creating businesses and, um, and rising to the top in, in current businesses, I think that we can expect to see a lot of like actual
1: concrete changes in, in how we work. I love that. I mean, I'm such a stand. at something, especially with Mama Truth Circle, as I'm talking with more and more moms, it's like, how can we really support moms that also want to have amazing careers and do incredible things in the world so that the cost of the amazing career and doing things, whether they're an entrepreneur or they're working inside Google or at Pinterest or at Uber or what have you at the executive level, it's like, what can we do to really support moms so they can be present and raise the kind of kids and be the kind of mom they want to be while also continuing to get the promotions and have the Mm -hmm. company reach multi seven figures and, and all of that. Like, what is that really going to take? And, Mm -hmm. and I love that at your company at emerging women, you're really looking at that. Yeah. Implementing That's incredible.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that that has struck me the most, and and again, emerging women is a little different. We're not like out there for policy change, which I think is great. We're not like promoting quotas. I mean, we're you know, people like girls who code are doing a great job with filling the pipeline, and. but there, there's a Harvard Business uh, Review study that we we cite because it really makes the case for our approach to this issue. And that is that, you know, no matter how much we promote women, no matter how much we fill the pipeline and, and train them on skills and, um, and you know, how to kind of fit into the ex- existing structure, um, if we don't address their core self-concept and help women see themselves and identify themselves as leaders and help others who see them, um, see them as leaders, then um, we're gonna continue to see the attrition rates that we're seeing now, which in some industries are regressing. So um, uh, it's, it's really a fun, it, our belief at Emerging Women is that, um, is that it's, it's a huge uh, issue of identity. And self-concept, and um, and trying to see ourselves in in the way. First of all, getting to know who you are. Yeah. That time out, um, understanding through mindfulness and self-awareness, and you know, okay, oh yeah, I have these patterns. Step one, step two, acceptance of that, and and then step three, like you know, taking that and really shaping your leadership identity. And when I say leader, I'm not talking about executive only, um, or entrepreneur only. Um, it's, you know, a lot, I'm a mom too, you know, like, how are you leading your life? How are you a leader in your community? How are you a leader for the girls, the teen girls that are around you? I mean, you don't always have to be like in the community doing some kind of nonprofit initiative. Um, but people are watching, especially, especially our girls. Um, our kids are watching us. And um, so when I say leader, I'm talking about moms in between successes, um, community, people in the community who are like, not sure what they want to do, but they want to join something, you know, or, you know, so the whole gamut of what that means. Um,
1: but yes, that's fascinating. Yeah, that concept of how each of us can rise as a leader. And I feel like that's really what the event coming up this weekend is about, is about immersing ourselves and, and really viewing our own selves as leaders as we watch these amazing, I mean, you have incredible lineup of speakers. Tell us a little bit about the event and who that's right for and how that plays into what you just said about the leadership.
2: Yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about identity um, and diversity and inclusion, which is sort of the term that's used um, in terms of the efforts within corporations of increasing the pipeline of women's leadership, um, when when we when we talk about identity in terms of those efforts, um, we uh, just by nature are talking about a larger situation than just you know our own personal identity. How does this culture um, treat other? Um, and and how can we learn from gay marriage, the transgender movements, um, Black Lives Matter, all these marginal groups? How can women um, you know? learned from those movements that have been exponential. I mean, the exposure to what's going on with race in this country has been in the last, like just six months, has been unbelievable. And I am so impressed with that. Um, And the the whole transgender thing, like, you know, people coming out, you know, my son, my daughter, my, you know, God, I, even old people are like, that's me, except I could never say it. I didn't have the language. And so that's, that kind of movement making is what we're after at Emerging Women. One is to have these conversations with um, people that are in those movements. So we have Janet Mock, who is um, a transgendered woman who wrote a book called Redefining Realness. Mm. First of all, there is no better book title, I think, than (laughs) Redefining Realness. I mean, that's just fabulous. But, you know, that whole process of, of, you know, feeling... accepting the truth of who you are and stepping out in the face of naysayers at best and, you know, Mm. death threats, (laughs) you know, Um, and having the courage to do that. That's a lesson that we all can learn from.
1: Yes. Um,
2: And that's probably the thread. Everybody that comes up and they're talking, they're talking basically about their personal stories and they're talking about how their identity has, uh, has been, you know, expressed against you know, many challenges and the rewards for that in terms of how they show up as leaders now. Um, We have Carrie Schwab Pomerantz from Charles Schwab, and she's going to be talking about mindset and money. Um, We have Marianne Williamson uh, talking about her uh, history, you know, running for office and her new book, um, talking about depression. And um, turning, you know, depression into a source of power, um, and you know she—that's that's something that really affects women and moms. Um, yeah. And Lamont talking about um, transformation from within. I mean, We—it's just like the lineup. I mean, Glennon Doyle Melton. I don't even know where to start with her on oh your. Oh my show. god. I know. <laughs> I know. Mom I'm, obsessed. Matches, right? I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Yeah. And uh, and she is, you know, one thing that I love that she says is that all relationships that we have um, start with our relationship with God and then the relationship with the other person. So it's like first your relationship with God, then you have. And when you think about that, that's just um, it's just so mind blowing to be saying that as um, I mean, that's a hugely spiritual concept. And yet it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's the I, the we, the all right there. Like first, you know, do you believe in something greater than yourself? If you, if you really don't, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. It's a lot of burden. It's a lot of headspace. It's a lot of uh, anxiety. It's a lot of stress. So when you get to that place where you know that you're being held, um, by a power that's much greater than you have in this human existence, mm. um, a lot of weight is lifted. So, yeah. And then from that place, then, you know, I can have a relationship with others cause I'm like, I'm groovy, you know, I'm groovy with God and now you and I can, you and I can relate. Um, but she's going to be fantastic and talk about, you know, radical authenticity
1: and she is, uh, She sets the bar pretty high. She does indeed. So I want to give the URL, which is emergingwomen.com, emergingwomen.com. It's of course in the show notes there, um, depending on where you're listening to this. We'll be posting that everywhere, emergingwomen.com. The event is this coming weekend and just, I mean, life-changing. Life changing. Well, that's event. what
2: people say. It's life changing. Yeah. The feedback. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. So, as we wrap up here, um, one of the questions that I ask all the guests that come on the Mama Truth show is what's messy and what's magical about motherhood for you these days?
2: Um, okay. Um, hmm. I only have to pick one for messy, right?
1: <laughs> you can, you can tell us a whole novel if you need to, whatever you need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. What's messy is my house right now. I have okay. to just be honest. I mean, come on. Does anybody, does anybody have some secrets out there? Because maybe I need to tune into your show. I, I, I just can't. I know. I, I don't even know what, I don't even know where to go, but it's like the socks uh the underwear i mean it just they take them off i have two boys so you know they're super active and um and i'm just trying to be okay with that you know i read on some blog somewhere that they had um uh shitty dinner parties or something crappy oh, right, dinner parties. right right you i heard about that? that recently too i haven't seen it but yeah i heard about it like forget it like why are we trying to do these perfect dinner parties right so i i think i'm going to sign up for that um and then what's magical is just I mean, honestly, just seeing these little buggers grow up and seeing their faces light up with, you know, um, with everything that they're learning and they bring it home and um, God, it's the best thing ever. I just, it is the best thing ever. And it is the root of, you know, all that I do because I want a place where all children can feel safe and happy and loved. And that's their, that's their birthright. And, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's magical for me.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your light. I just think everything that you're doing is incredible. I'm going to do everything I can to get to emerging women this weekend. I'm to Bask in the glow of you and all of these incredible, this lineup of speakers and just really want to encourage all of you mamas. If you can swing it, Come on down. I know that a lot of you probably are here local in the Bay Area. Go on to EmergingWomen.com, grab your ticket and come and really be in this community of leaders and see your own leadership reflected back to you. Because all of us, whether we're at home nursing a baby right now while you listen to the show or you're on your way to work right now listening to the show, whatever it is that you're doing, you are a leader and it is within you. And just huge, thank you so much for coming on the show. And until next time, it's Amy Ehlers signing off, reminding you to embrace the messiness and magic of motherhood. Bye-bye, mamas.
0: Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms, Seven Steps to Nurturing Yourself, So You Can Be the Mom You Were Born to Be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.